Hi everyone, we hope you're having a great week. My name is Elizabeth Kuhn and I'm here with Lexi Ayala and you are tuned in to the companion podcast to the State Champs W's Hang Time Michigan show. Hang Time is a weekly show dedicated to girls basketball in the mitten. We've got highlights, Lexi breaks it all down and she offers up some unique perspectives on the teams. This podcast is a sister version of the show and is presented by Lawrence Technological University. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports, including women's basketball. Athletic and academic scholarships are available right now. And Lawrence Tech has something not a lot of other schools are doing. You can recruit yourself. It's easy. Just click on the Recruit Yourself link at ltuathletics.com. State Champs W's Hangtime Michigan is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA desperately needs officials, and we'd love to see more women officials out there. It's great part-time pay, and you can stay connected to the game. You can get all the information you need to get started at MHSAA.com. The Michigan Army National Guard is the official military outlet of the MHSAA and an important partner of Hangtime, as are the physical therapy and sports medicine pros with the Detroit Medical Center. Check out our Game Changer segments and quizzes designed to make you a faster, stronger, healthier athlete. Segments drop every Friday across the State Champs Network, including our State Champs TV YouTube page. If you are in pain or injured, for immediate care, go to dmc.org slash gamechangers. You simply cannot get better care anywhere. For all the coverage of women's sports on State Champs, please bookmark our dedicated website, statechampsw.com, or follow us on our State Champs W social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Each week on the podcast, we chat with a high school girls basketball coach in the state of Michigan. We call it Chalk Talk, and it is sponsored by the Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan. Today, we're heading about 20 minutes northeast of Cadillac to Lake City, where we are joined by the Trojans head coach as we talk a little Highland Conference girls basketball today. Bill Tisron is with us on Hang Time. Thank you for being here, Coach. Thank you guys for having me. I want to start out with your duties with BCAM, the Basketball Coaches Association of Michigan. We had the pleasure of talking with several regional directors this season. You are one of them as well. BCAM has nearly 6,000 members. What made you want to be a regional director, and what are some of your responsibilities? Um, I guess this past year, uh, the opening came up for our area, um, and I was approached about it and kind of thought about it and just another way to be involved in the coaching and kind of just get to know some of the other coaches in the area you're kind of funneled into your conference. And I know the coaches in our league, but just to get to know some of the other people um, and just be able to kind of give back a little bit, just another aspect of it. And um, just assuring that the girls in our area, not just my team, but our league and our area are getting the recognition that they, they deserve. I'd also like to ask you coach about your journey as a coach, as becoming a coach, who were some of the people that inspired you to do this? Um, from like a young age, I've always loved sports. My dad I was probably the first person to kind of get me in, into sports. Um, I remember my first memory of basketball was him waking me up uh, to watch the Pistons win their second of back-to-back championships in 1990, waking me up out of bed to watch the final few minutes of that game. And I vividly remember that memory in basketball. has just been a big part. Played it in high school was a good player, but it wasn't going to be in my future. And coaching was something that my dad always did when I was growing up. So I thought that that would be a good thing. And I knew I wanted to be a teacher as well. So it kind of went hand in hand. And 
I've had a number of good coaches along the way. I've had a number of poor coaches along the way. So it's kind of taking a little bit from everyone and kind of making what I am today, I guess. Awesome. Can you talk about your experience being a coach and a teacher at Lake City? Yeah, it's been great. I grew up in East Jordan, Michigan, which is about an hour north here of Lake City. So I'm still close to home. Um, I got the teaching job here. Um, I was a fourth grade teacher for 11 years, um, coached JV basketball for the first four years I was here. And then um, I've now been the varsity coach for eight years. And I love it. It's a small, small town, small community. Um, the togetherness of all the people is awesome. Um, they show up for games. They're supportive at games. As we get in tournament runs, they're they're following the bus. It's just a cool atmosphere in the small town. But um, it's been a good time here. Um, the people have accepted me. I'm not from here, and but they've accepted me in. And now I've been here 12 years, and I'm definitely part of the community. I really feel like at a small school, sometimes you might even get a bigger turnout at some of these games than a big school. Have you noticed that? Totally. I mean, we have, like this week, we have two rival conference games, and it's going to be a packed gym. There isn't, especially these winter months, there's not a ton to do in January, right. February in a small town during the winter. So it's either you sit at home or you come support the teams. And uh, fortunately, we've had some quality teams over the last few years, and people have wanted to come and support them and watch them and um, see a good show, I guess. We love small towns. <laughs> Coach, I also want to get into the Trojans now, specifically some X's and O's. Your team has got as far as the Division Three Final Four in 2019. Yep. Since then, 20-2 and two in the 2019-2020 season and 11-2 and two in the COVID-shortened season. This season, 16-1 and one through 17 games. So I just want to hear you talk about setting expectations and then instilling what the winning mindset is into your players and the culture. Yeah, it's taken some time. I, when I, like I said, I started out as a JV coach, and we were this first four or five years. It was four wins, three wins, six wins, and it was just getting a culture change, getting the girls to believe in that we can be good, we can compete with the better teams, and it kind of just took a couple, couple of those groups to buy in and find some success, and then it's carried over. Um, I've had some real committed players that have put time in um, all year round, and they kind of set the tone. Um, really for the whole program and kind of got over that hump and won a first district championship in school history in 20 years. And then we, we, we made the run to get a second one. And like you said, to the final four. And that was an experience all its own. Um, just, just being there, seeing it, um, something obviously I'll never forget. Um, winning a conference championship for the first time in 20 plus years. And we're on path if we have a good week this week to make it three straight conference championships. So it's just getting the girls to buy in and believe. And now that they do, the younger teams, the JV, the middle school, um, those girls want to keep it going. We have tremendous numbers in our youth program. Uh, we had over 50 fourth and fifth grade girls showing up for after school basketball this year wow. in a small school. That is a ton of kids to get committed. Um, we have 170 boys and girls that come in every Saturday and play basketball, grades one through five. So it's getting it from the top down, getting them to love basketball, enjoy being around basketball, and um, eventually the skills will come. But just having fun with it. How do you start it that young, like getting 40, 50 fourth and fifth graders or third graders to show up? I know my sister's team can hardly get enough girls for a freshman and JV team in high school. Yeah, and... 
it's something I, I, I've got some great support, some great um, assistant coaches, middle school coaches, um, parents that are willing to put in time to assist me and help me with these things. And the kids are excited. They're seeing the girls having success and our boys are doing well this year and the kids just want to play basketball. Um, we've I, I've played around with different ways of doing it. And this year we just offered it to them for free. Just as you come play basketball, there's no cost to you or your parents, um, saving some of that burden on them and just giving it the opportunity to play, um, playing at halftime of varsity games. The kids love that to come and put a show. Um, getting my JV varsity girls with the little kids at camp and they, they enjoy learning from them and being around them. That's awesome. You've had some great players come through your system. Michaela Artis was a key figure in your run in the Final Four in 2019. Yep. You since retired her jersey. She is yeah. at Trine University right now. You've had yep. a particular last name contribute to your success. The Bisball family. Riley's yeah. at Grand Valley, and you had Chloe, McKenzie, and Allie all on the team right now, correct? Correct. Allie's technically enrolled in school, but she transferred um, – she transferred from Holton Lake this year, so she has to sit out this year due to transfer rules, but she is, yeah, part of our program. Coach, can you talk have, a little uh, bit about, yeah, about some of those key players and what they've meant to your program? Yeah, um, you asked the question earlier, like what kind of changed the program. And Michaela kind of was the first one. She came up as a freshman, and she was that first girl that was really driven, playing AU, playing all year round, just wanting to be, a great player and just loved the game and uh, super supportive parents. And Michaela kind of got it started for us. Um, great freshman year. And then her sophomore year, then we won the, oops, sorry, won the Boy. district for the first time in a, a long time. And Michaela kind of set the tone for that. She scored the last six points in overtime, kind of set that tone. And then Riley was a year behind her, um, who's now playing at Grand Valley, was named uh, Gleak Player of the Week last week. She's having a ton of success there. Um, Olivia Bellows is another girl. She's playing at Hope. She's a freshman at Hope this year. Um, and then Chloe is signed with Concordia to play next year. She's a senior for us this year. And then um, Mackenzie and Allie, um, they're both sophomores, so I'm going to have them for a couple more years. But just great kids, great families, great support systems. They're willing to do the dirty work. They're willing – they don't – None of them have cared if they're the ones scoring the points. They're they're willing to play defense, do whatever it takes to help our program get better. And they they're kind of the ones that have um, led the way. And I'm just trying not to screw it up along the way, I guess. I mean, that's awesome. It sounds like you're describing coaching a stacked AAU team where half the team's going to college. It's been fun. It's it's given us a it's given us a lot to play with, a lot a lot of options. And the other girls, even if they're not. Um, they don't love the game of basketball. They kind of play it, but they're they're wanting to get better. They're wanting to be part of this and know that a, a long tournament run is possible. And those are fun just to be part of. And um, it's also improved their game. They're wanting to step it up. And um, so we've had a tremendous amount of good players come through. Those are just some of the ones playing college, but we've had just so many. The, the girls always seem to accept their role. And um, I guess that's kind of our culture here that Everyone has a role, and if everyone does their role, we can have success. Absolutely. And for everyone listening, we're talking with Lake City's girls basketball head coach, Bill Tisron, today on Hang Time. Coach, you've got a big matchup with McBain this week. You gave them their only conference loss of the season, and you're both 13-1 and 
in-league play. Yeah. Talk about that matchup and what you think the ceiling for your team is this year. Oh, it's a big matchup. We have um, Mayton tonight, which is a league game, and we, we beat them by around 20 points earlier this year. So the message to the girls yesterday was we have to win this one first because we're, we're tied with McBain. And then, um, yeah, McBain on Thursday, they're a five-minute drive down the road. They're our rivals. They know us like the back of their hand. We know them. So it's just going to come out and who does the little things correct, who's rebounding, who's not turning the ball over, not making the little mistakes. Um, there should be a fun night. It's a home game for us. Uh, the school's doing a blackout, and it's going to be pretty cool. Those 170 elementary kids I was talking about are all coming with their uniforms on to help fill the stands in our favor. But it should be a fun night. Um, the tournament, I think, sets up with for us pretty well. Um, we have a pretty favorable district as long as we play how we're capable of. And then once you get into regionals, I mean, who knows what can happen then. And the team can get hot and play well. And um, I think we have a good chance to make a little, pretty good run. VCAM has introduced and officially launched the One Team Campaign in an effort to promote unity among teams, schools, and communities. It is so important. What are some things you've done already or will do, whether it's coming together at games or a community activity, to promote unity on the court and respect for each other? Um, I, I think that um, as far as like our team, uh, the bonding that they can do outside of basketball, we do um, team dinners before every home game. Different parent brings in food for the team. So the girls are together prior to games. They sit together. Um, we always try to do fun things throughout the season, especially like during Christmas breaks. It's a long season this year. We went to um, the water park at Boyne Mountain, and the girls got to play for the day at the water park. Um, and then I think just the community involvement, getting these youth camps going and the girls being visible at them. So, I mean, everyone can see that these girls are, are part of the community. They're not just basketball players. And then as far as, I mean, kind of one team, it's kind of bringing both teams together in a sense. It's it's making sure that sportsmanship is the key, that um, win or lose, we're playing the right way, coaching the right way, um, treating officials with respect and every, everyone with respect. So um, my girls have bought into that well, and I'm very proud of them for that. Finally, Coach, we've been asking all of the coaches who come on to the show this season about a couple of proposed changes to girls' basketball. I have a little segment each week on the show called My Hot Topic, where I bring up some okay. controversial stuff and give my opinion, but this week I want yours. So uh -huh. um, one of the weeks I talked about the possibility of lowering the women's rim so that the ladies can get out there and dunk like the guys. Do you think that is a positive change, could be a beneficial change, or you like the game how it is? Um, as far as that change, I think it'd be better just to keep it at the 10 foot. Um, the girls that are going to go on to play college basketball, I think that might be a, a big adjustment for them if they're playing at a nine foot rim. Um, and that's what they're used to. They're playing at 10 foot rim from a young age. So I don't know if I'd be fully in favor of that. It'd be, that'd be too big of a change for me. I mean, hey, maybe we can start it off at the elementary level. So they grow up with the nine foot rim. That, it's like a that's true. 20 I mean, year long process. We do have a couple portable hoops at the gym, and uh, we had them out for youth camp. And Mackenzie, we lowered it down to nine foot three, and Mackenzie Bisball was dunking at nine foot oh, three. Oh, so there you go. That is that is her goal. Goal. Her brother's on the varsity team, and he's dunked it nine or ten times this year. Some pretty good dunks. So she wants to 
wants to be like him. I said, well, you got two more years. Let's see if you can get to 10 foot. <laughs> see, I want to see Mackenzie throwing it down <laughs> in a game. That I would exactly. go crazy. That would be, that would be fun. <laughs> it would. Coach, what I talked about this week was the positives of the transfer portal in college mm-hmm. sports. You know, um, I talked about Kenneth Walker the third for Michigan State, how he has probably the biggest success story out of the transfer portal. Do you think that the transfer portal is a good thing? I do. I mean, not everyone, especially the college athletes, they get in their freshman year and they think the decision they're making going to one school over another is the right choice. And at 17, 18 years old, I mean, that's a big choice. I mean, mm-hmm. lots of things happened. Um, the college game, there seems like there's so much coaching turnover that a player could commit to one school with one coach and that coach is free to leave. So I feel like the players should have that same ability. Um, it, it seems like it might be getting a little bit out of hand and I don't know if there's any ways that they can kind of control it a little bit, but I think players need to have that opportunity um, I mean, I went to two couple different colleges myself because the first one wasn't a good fit for what I wanted and what I needed. And um, just because they're athletes, I don't think should change that ability for them. I agree 100%. I think even if it's like no transfers allowed during the regular season, just at least having to wait till your season's over. Yeah, I know Michigan basketball had a, a guy transfer out a couple weeks ago. And I guess that's kind of weird in the middle of the season. Where are you thinking of you're going in the regular? But in high school, I, I don't know. The, the transfer rule um, is a little bit confusing. Like Allie, for us, is uh, she's lived in Lake City her entire life. She's a Lake City resident. Oh, yeah, she I thought then she could choice. play right away. Well, she did school of a choice as a kindergartner because her mom was a teacher in Holton Lake. And um, then because then she wanted to transfer to Lake City, but she couldn't physically move to Lake City because she already physically lived in Lake City. Right. So. Um, a lot of people can get around it by moving, and unfortunately, she couldn't. But I think there could be some tweaks to some of the high school rules. We've had a few in the past that um, parents have kicked them out of a house. They're moving in with a friend, and um, they're not able to play basketball because they're having to be in this new district, which some situations those girls could really use that or guys could really use that. And so I think there could be some tweaking to the high school one to, to make it a little bit better. But um, all in all, I think the transfer portal is totally good. Awesome. Coach Bill Tizron, thanks again for all you do for girls basketball. We want to wish you good luck the rest of your season, and thanks so much for joining us here on Hang Time. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Hang Time is also brought to you by the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female Athlete of the Year Awards. Are you a first-team All-State athlete with good grades and represent leadership on your team and community? Six female student-athletes will win $1,000 in scholarship money. You cannot be nominated unless you apply. Download the application at dacathleteoftheyear.com and send it in today. The deadline to apply is March 4th. One more partner to recognize is the Goodman Acker Law Firm. During the most difficult times of your life, at Goodman Acker, you work with the same attorney and team the entire length of your case. They fight for you just like they would a member of their own family. Experienced, ethical, aggressive. Mention you heard about Goodman Acker on State Champs, and they will provide you with a free assessment of your case. Goodman Acker. Good decision. Call 1-800-TRUSTED. Once again, we thank all of our partners in supporting State Champs W, Hangtime Michigan podcast. That's all the time we have for this week's State Champs W, Hangtime Michigan podcast. For Lexi, I'm Elizabeth, and we'll talk to you next week. We'll be right back.